Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne, I'm the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, to discuss three topics that have caught our eye in and around the hotel investment landscape on uh, the last week or so. And we're going to start this week by having a look at a new brand of boutique hotels that's just started to um, make its presence known. Um, they're, they're not, there's not much out there yet, but they've got a developing an interesting looking pipeline and they look to be quite an interesting outfit. So Rogue City, it's backed by uh, a, a residential developer called Henley Homes. And it's headed up by Nasa Khalil, who previously helped build up Nadler Hotels uh, in the UK. Um, so uh, it's got the one site open, which is up in uh, the Highlands of Scotland, uh, called Dun Alistair Hotel. And uh, in the last few months, it's bought an interesting couple of sites, uh, one in Cambridge and one in Glasgow, both existing buildings. Uh, with kind of historical uh, angles to them that are going to be converted into the boutique hotel brand. Um, so I had a word with uh, with NASA and it seems like uh, they've got some quite interesting traction and could be developing something of a reasonable scale before too long. Andrew, is now a good time to be launching a boutique hotel brand in the UK? Well, normally whenever you hear about um, a new brand, everybody moans and says, oh, enough already, you know, let's stop stop the brand launches. Well, we'll talk um, about Tempo from Hilton next week, perhaps. <laughs> um, well, I was going to talk about them this week, actually. Okay, so I was going to dive in straight into that. Yeah, okay. Because I think it's quite hard to have much to, uh, concrete to say about Rogue until we actually see what they've delivered, whether yes. they are indeed Rogue or not. Um and so, uh, you know, and, and there's certainly opportunity. There's always opportunity for innovators out there to come in with new distinctive offers. But until we see the, the whites of its eye, um, you know, it's hard to draw a conclusion. But I, I think we can draw a conclusion with Tempo. And um, I was very struck. There was a note put out by Bernstein at the analysts, um, and, and they were looking at how effective the global majors were at launching new brands. And Hilton came away with top marks. Um, they looked at the US pipeline for brands mm. and Hilton have three of the top four. So the only other one in the top four is Express in at number two. But Hilton Hilton has the rest. Um, and so they've been successful at doing that and they've been um, at launching new brands and they've been um, and they've launched in the last year or so about four new brands. And Bernstein was particularly excited about the kind of level of profit this is going to deliver to shareholders of Hilton. Um, and actually, I think owners ought to be excited too, because obviously they're only succeeding if they actually deliver a, a decent return to owners. And there's quite a, a, quite an interesting graph where they compared Hilton's True um, with IHG's Avid, very similar um, limited service offers. Um, and what can be seen is how True actually takes off, um, whereas Avid also takes off but nowhere near as fast and so we've got to a point now where the true has reached a plateau of um, about 30,000 rooms in its pipeline and Avid is is only just over half of that number sort of around the 16,000 rooms in the pipeline so it's that's yeah and they, they, these brands were launched at similar times so mm. it shows actually you know that being a great brand manager there is something in that and there is something in 
being good at brands, um, good at branding, and Hilton are the winner so far. That's not to say HG are bad. I think they're very strong too, and I think the other two main global majors, Accor and Marriott, have demonstrated skills in this area. Where I'm more sceptical is in the mid-tier of brands, so-called brands we've got out there. There's something like, depending on what number you want to look at, there's something like 1,100 so-called brands in the hotel space. Um, basically, these are labels on groups of, of hotels. Um, and I think this is where we're going to see some real pressure. Um, because when you've got specialised operators who are clearly doing something to um, drive forward the resonance of a brand in the consumer marketplace, um, which you know, IHG and particularly Hilton can clearly demonstrate, um, I, I, I think that's not the case with these um, um, mid-tier in particular scale um, operators. And it is quite what the future is for them. Um, where do they go? They've, you know, they've got meh kind of a brand offer which isn't isn't awful but isn't terrific either so in the end what, what is their focus going to be are they going to be a um, operator um, we're about to go on and talk about third-party operators and maybe that's what they ought to think about moving into mm -hmm. um, also being an asset assets um, in more asset intense than these specialist fee income players out there with who have these this skill set in 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 the brands so I think we're going to see a further movement here in specialization with at the top the the big brand players and this mid-tier I think is where the, there's going to have to be some change hmm okay well but meantime uh rogue city you've heard about it here first uh, they look to be gathering some momentum and i think with the uh the house building team behind them uh, a good bunch of of site finders uh construction engineers and uh, more importantly cost managers um once they get yep. going that could they could well be delivering um hotels that well, make money early on well, I think a point to make, just jump in there, mm. is that that, that vertically, vertically integrated bit, that's, that gives them an edge, a bit like Citizen M clearly has an edge. It owns the property, runs the property, and has the brand. And I think if you do it that way, you've got the control and you've got the ability to, to drive it forward. And I think that's a, that's a distinct, it, um, back to my original point, it is this mid grouping the the smaller sized but sort of bigger than national brands sort of uh, regional brands if you like um, they're the ones which are challenged where they're trying to go into a fee income uh, model where I think that that's going to be a stretch for them mm. okay well let's talk then a more, bit more about third-party managers um, certainly caught caught our eye because the the sector looks like there's a couple of things going on first off the uh the third party managers have all been talking about wanting to expand internationally and one or two of them are now making uh, looks like they're making some some plays on that front and the other angle was that really the um the the major brand stables look like they have realized they need to get a little bit closer to these third party managers and work more closely alongside them to expand into new territories and um IHG in particular seems to be quite keen on doing this they've been doing this for a while in Germany but uh, they they signed up with uh, alongside Valor and alongside um Aleph uh, to expand into Africa and um, are, are hoping that both of those those sort of JVs will will yield finally some more um, inventory across uh, the African continent. 
Yeah, I think it was interesting here. Um, this is building on the point we were just making, really, is that the third party operating companies can get in there and have a bit of a stake and have direct alignment with the, the overall majority owner of the property. So they'll take a, a modest stake. It might, it might even just be a lease, um, but that still gives them an effective property exposure, which the brand companies are very reluctant to take on um and uh, this is their this is their niche this is their role i mean and really we've only got one truly global third party operator now um which is the the combination of ambridge and interstate i mean they're what just under the two hundred thousand room mark i think um so you you if you look at north america where there's the most developed market the next one down from that is highgate and they've got less than forty thousand rooms in total so it's quite a big drop mm -hmm. you know you go from nearly two hundred thousand to to um less than forty thousand um so you know we're not seeing a huge huge growth in any to compare with say the likes of the global brand majors but i think that they're still nascent they're still happening and some of these companies like alf um like redefined bdl we have in 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 um uh, well, the South African stroke UK operation like Valor coming in, um, they've certainly got opportunity here to, to build up on this. But I, I think the most likely way forward for most of these is, is by taking a, um, a mixed play in terms of being both operators but also co-investors in in the real estate yeah and i had a, had a conversation with bani haddad the uh the boss at lf and it was very interesting to hear his specialist knowledge in terms of how things work in the middle east and how they work in africa uh, those being two quite distinct markets in terms of how you manage hotels and um, the specialism that, that they developed in terms of developing personnel locally um, and understanding the different kind of owner interests and also the challenges of, of persuading the brands to actually invest in uh, branding a hotel because you know if, if Hilton says oh we don't do less than a hundred rooms for, for this brand or that brand then they're going to stand around a long time waiting for the right property to turn up in certain uh, African countries whereas actually um, Aleph can work alongside them and actually make a smaller hotel work for one of their brands so um, the uh, the expertise mm. within these third party managers is certainly worth the brands grabbing hold of and uh, exploiting yeah it's interesting isn't it how how they'll evolve i think this this regional play thing i think is quite important here because as you're just pointing out that expertise the local knowledge is so crucial which if you're building a global brand it's much harder to ever deploy and, and obtain um so i i suspect what we'll see is this alignment with the with the third party players and the real estate owners being much closer and therefore being more regionally focused um with perhaps just one two three sort of globalish um third party players i mean if you look at interstate they're very keen that they you know to, to say that we're not any more um owners of hotels we're, we're just pure play third party i think it's quite a tricky one for many other um third party players to sort of start off with mm -hmm. now let's move on to our third topic of the week which is to look at what's going on uh, online and um a uh, couple of uh, 
trip ups this week um, which have rather um, upset things um, first off the British Advertising Standards Authority uh, got the ruler out and put it across the knuckles of intercontinental hotels for saying that their uh, their price promise didn't really amount to a price promise that actually a consumer could, could claim on uh, and about the same time down in Australia the Australian authorities have decided that um, Trivago's uh, annoying woman on all those TV adverts who keeps telling us that uh, you can buy this. <laughs> Do they have the same adverts? I think she's they? universal. They just revoice yeah. her. <laughs> so, <laughs> but she's always telling us how uh, with Trivago you can get so much better rates on the same rooms. Um, but um, the Australians have got a bit peeved because they've discovered that actually the, the so-called best rates that are being promoted on Trivago were, surprise, surprise, the ones that uh, from, from the the organisations that paid the highest commission. Um, this kind of latest um, skirm skirmishes with the authorities come at a point where there are plenty of other people lining up to take a pot shot at the uh, at the different uh, online booking agencies, um, and it's not going to get any easier by looks of things either. No, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I noticed in your your commentary on the on the story, mm -hmm. Chris, you, you'd been reading. Um, Don't be evil. Uh, yes, the yeah, case against big tech. Um, yeah. yeah yeah which uh which i think it's quite interesting um in terms of this there's a lot of this i'm, I'm a, a regular follower of scott galloway is a professor at um nyu stern and he's been um shouting about this for some time as well about the need for regulation here and i think there is a growing head of steam about mm. this ultimately i think it's the americans who are going to have to do something it's it, it's tricky to see the the european commission have been trying but it's very hard to see how they're going to do that because i think it's essentially an anti trusting mm. which they're going to have to do is this monopoly aspect which they've got to get on top of but um it's a complicated market and it's a complicated thing to try and work out exactly you know what to do for the best for consumers i mean so if we just take this thing about this pressure selling which has been a you know ongoing oh, only three rooms saying, left Yes. Well, well, that kind of stuff. Well, that's just good merchandising, yeah. right? I mean, that that's just you know, you're moaning, you know, from a hotel owner's perspective. You can't moan about an OTA trying that one on because actually they're doing a good job of selling the rooms because you you know they're trying to get people to to buy and their track record in conversion is much much better than the track record of um, hoteliers in terms of their own brand.com sites. So I, I think be careful about condemning that that too much. Um, and I, I think the regulatory piece. I mean, in, in a way, it's good that the that we haven't seen the legislators steaming um, too heavily because they could crush something which could be of real value to consumers and the overall market. Um, and it's I, I subscribe to a blog by a guy called Ben Thompson, and it's called Stracktechery, and it, 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 he he deals with a bigger sort of IT picture, um, what's going on. But he he, he looked at and uh, a nuance he was highlighting um, um, back in December was the difference between platforms and aggregators and it sounds a bit arcane but actually it, it, it matters here because an, an aggregator is something like an OTA or a super aggregator is Google um, and, and they sort of um, intermediate between the consumer and the supplier whereas a platform is something like an I know the App Store or the Microsoft Windows, where basically if you, if you have to be on the platform to access the consumer. Um, so you can clearly see there's com 
almost total monopoly control in one and much less so with the other and if you police it right and what we've got at the moment actually quite interesting in the hotel space we seem to have a face-off between the straight aggregators like booking holdings and expedia um, um and google the super aggregator and mm. um, you know that they're fighting against each other to keep each other honest actually it seems because what we've seen is commission rates come really tumbling down from a hotelier's perspective it's as expensive now to get people to book direct because of all the money you have to hand over to google um as it is simply to go and use expedia to sell your room for you you know you're going to be paying that sort of 15 percent pretty much regardless so actually at the end of the day what's happened here the google has helped to keep those commissions in check which is a, a good thing but you know who knows the the balance may tip there might be something evolves over the next few years which is going to turn that but at what point do regulators need to jump in and sort it all out i mean certainly in the last 20 years it would have been far too early i think if the, you know when when we saw the likes of Expedia and Booking really start having these very, very high commission levels. Had the regulators jumped in then, I think that would have been to everybody's detriment because they are very useful and very viable um, channels to, to sell hotel rooms. And they've been brought to heel a little bit by the by the nature of the market. So um, you know, um, I think it's a bit of caution is necessary before we shout, you know, start talking to our politicians and ask them to come mm. steaming in although i do feel that uh, particularly with the ihg ruling that the, the brands really just need to keep regularly checking in the mirror to make sure they uh they haven't got egg on their face oh yeah yeah no absolutely i, th I think that it's kind of i'd, I'd you know that it's it's almost like low level sort of parking wardens or something <laughs> i see that that you know that 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 really is a sort of speeding fine for um for ihg and the, you know they're just sloppy yeah. and they needed just because if you're going to tell the world to, to book be, direct uh, the, because you're going to get a better deal you yeah, need to be able to back that up um, yeah yeah uh, rather than being any sort of great conspiracy thing where it needs a major sort of serious fraud office type investigation <laughs> yes. um that, that that that's that's clearly not what what this is um and you know um, um for the most people i mean do you ever take any notice of those best price promises i think there's a load of <laughs> rubbish you know i've i've never believed any of them but anyway that's maybe i'm overly cynical equally i've never believed most of the review stuff that goes on there which i just find deeply unhelpful um and ultimately i think that's a good thing from the hotel brand company perspective because you know what what you're looking for your reassurance is the brand rather than the rather flaky review yeah. sites it's a minefield out there well enjoyed in the meantime we'll be back soon bye for now <laughs>